Welcome back to the Unity Society podcast. This is episode number 14, and I am Jenny Randolph. And I am Dita Randolph, and I'm just amazed that this is episode 14. That's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. So as we gather around today, we wanted to talk about a couple of things. And we have started sort of a... I don't, it's not a tradition yet, but it is a... It's a turducken. No. It's a gathering. It's a thing we I don't do. know. It's, well, it's something that we have done, you and I, and sometimes Miles and Raina come with us for a pretty long time now, just not on a regular basis. Yeah, I was going to say not consistently. We try to get out there as, as much as we can, but... But we've decided that every Sunday at sunset, we gather at St. Petersburg Beach, once again, St. Petersburg being the finest city on the face of the earth, to watch the sunset and we've invited other people to come with us and all of that sort of thing yeah we've started to just sort of invite people to come along and have the have that experience with us and it's been fun and so we really did the first formal one last sunday and if you're listening to the podcast today and it's a sunday chances are we're out there about a half hour before sunset so check your little weather app on your phone or you know check siri knows these siri siri does know these things um but yeah we go out there about a half hour before the sun goes down if it's it's not raining st petersburg beach a little bit south of the don cesar and if you know about st pete the don cesar is this giant pink castle at the end of st pete beach so a little bit south of there is that's where we tend to gather once again, about a half hour or so before sunset, and then after the sun goes down and we all clap, uh, we uh, go have some ice cream. It's a very spiritual experience. Oh, absolutely. But what I wanted to talk about is that when we were there last week, there was a question that came up for, yeah. for somebody that was with us. And I think it's a question that pretty much any time you're standing in front of a large ocean and the, you know the, a ball of fire is you know, sinking down and going away for the day. I think questions of ultimate concern, I think, are pretty natural. Yeah, I think that, and in fact, I've said this before, I think that anytime you're dealing with something or looking for new answers, some kind of a breakthrough, or just trying to get over like something like depression, for example, anytime that you're in that moment in life, it really helps to get yourself in front of something primal, something elemental. So whether that's the ocean and the sunset or the mountains, something that's just too big, you know what I mean, and too awesome, not made by human hands, that kind of a thing, it it will help you get perspective, for one thing. But especially there's something magic about being there at the ocean side when the sun goes down. And it's completely natural it, it, it speaks to something primal within us together i remember you know there's been a few times when we've been, been down in key west there's a great unity church down there in key west and we've spoken there a couple of times and just i love that town yeah sunset at mallory yeah it is a festival every single night and i'm i think there are other places in the country that do that as well yeah but there's but. i didn't think i would like key west because i'm not really a party guy as you know but there's such an art scene there's culture and there's great food and all kinds of stuff. but anyway Mallory Square is at the the uh, the end of Duval Street, the big strip in uh, Key West, and every night there's a huge party and there's street performers and all kinds of crazy stuff, and the sun goes down and everybody claps and it's a big deal. But there's some version of that throughout 
culture. I think there's something very, very primal. And we were talking about that when we were at the beach last week. Right, it came up. And I was going to say, let's get back to the question because yeah, yeah. I think we're going off on a yeah. tangent. But the question basically was, is why are we drawn to to those kind of events? Why are we drawn outside? And, and what does it mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, like, again, I, I think it's a very natural thought process when you're standing in something so much bigger than you are. Well, and a huge part of religion, spirituality, mythology, human stuff has to do with protecting ourselves or observing that in-between time, that liminal space. That's the technical word for it is liminal space where you're outside and you're going into the church, for example, and it's holy water. There's Every rite of passage is a rite of passage from one thing to another. So it might be that there's something in our makeup that really wants to see the sun go down, to be there for it, almost to protect against it, but also to celebrate it. And I think there's a time when if you believe that the sun is a god, let's say, boy, please come up again tomorrow because I don't know what we're going to do. It's almost like a farewell ceremony. And so there's a there's a tribal thing there too. But Well, I think there's also a rhythm thing. It's the rhythm of the ocean. It's the... It's the rhythm of the, how the day passes and, the, and you know, even the lunar cycles. And I think we all feel it so much. Um, I think we've gotten away from it a lot because of industrialization and lights. And, well, you used to have and, to go to wake up when the sun came up and go to bed when the sun went down. Right. And so I think it, especially now, it's important because it gets us back to the beginning of things, you know? Yeah. And I also think that it's a really nice reminder that you're not in control. Yes, that's what I, I was going to say. I that. You can just for a moment release control of getting up every morning and making sure the world spins and being completely in control of your life and and everything is in order and everything has its place and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And just for a minute, you have... No control. There is something bigger than you and you have to surrender to it. And that with that surrender comes a peace. Yes. You know, and, and I don't want to get too preachy here at the beginning of this, so I'll, I'm going to try to be careful. But culturally, we're, we're told that we're supposed to be in charge of everything and have a big to-do list and all of that. And that's not really how it works. But also in unity and new thought, there's this idea that I'm going to make my healing happen and I'm going to do this. But the thing is... The sun sets whether you like it or not. You didn't do it. And it's really a powerful reminder that, you know what? God's in charge of this. You're going to grow one way or the other. You don't make things happen. You let them happen. In fact, you just kind of watch them happen. And the peace comes from going, hey, you know what? The universe works pretty darn well all by itself. I didn't need to make that happen. Maybe there's some things I can let go of. Well, that's funny that we're talking about this because there's something that you came across not this week, but it was a couple of weeks ago. There was an article um, that you shared with me about the ability to clone your dog. <laughs> yeah, I, and I forgot you know, it, that, it just yeah. that just popped into my head right now because we were mm-hmm. talking about control. You want to talk about massive control? It's like you you can take your dog if you really like the dog that you have right now, right. and you can clone that a For, dog from that. And and it's very odd because tech. You could have a puppy being raised by the older clone. Right. 
Well, it's that's it's, weird. It's that's weird on weird. so many levels, and you can I, apparently I read this article that they do it on dogs and cats and who knows what other species. Um, but you can get for who knows how much money. You Wasn't can, it like twelve hundred dollars or something some, like it that? It was something. It was around the price of a car. I remember. Thinking. Oh, was it more than that? I. Well, I'm not a young man anymore, so my idea of how much a car should cost is probably frozen in about 1982. But the idea is that for a fair chunk of money, they will make you a dog or cat based on the DNA of your current dog or cat. They'll clone your animal. And it's a great conversation to have about nature versus nurture and that sort of thing. And where does soul come from and all of that. Because... I, I have no belief that it would be an exact duplicate of our dog, Fresco. Oh, Lord, let's hope not. Well, I, that's I, part I, of it is that's... that would be a disaster. <laughs> they would immediately outlaw the practice. But it, it's also because that little soul is manifest through that body, but that's not the whole deal. Right. You know? And you're, you're talking about the idea that our dog is spoiled rotten. Yes, he is. And he, he only listens to you. Everybody knows this. He's my baby. Yes. Uh, Yes. But if there was a puppy just like him, but raised in a world where he's already there, he would be worse. Or better. Well, he'd be smarter. He'd be smarter. Our dog already knows our tricks and our quirks and how to, you know, he knows where the food is, for example, and that... So the theory is that clone dog would be even smarter and even more dangerous and listen less. And if we kept doing that, we would just have a little furry human who would just know all of the rules and wouldn't listen to anything. It would be like Planet of the Apes. <laughs> well, I, I think that would be, what, four clones down or something I like that? I it would take much. And then that's second and third mortgages on the house and, you yeah. know. No. Well, that's the other uh, thing. Yeah. If, you, if you go back to the cloning place more than once, the, the authorities need to be involved in that conversation. But, you know, speaking of insanity and animals, there's something you've been doing that, that I can't get my head around. Yes, yeah, you know yes, what I'm about. I do, I do. Well, probably as we record this, she's having her baby and I'm missing it. And we're talking about um, April the giraffe. And I don't know if anybody else has been watching over... Half of the country, but the other half has no idea why. That's what's up. I don't know. She's very sweet and when they give her her carrots right by the camera, it's just the sweetest thing. And I've totally fallen in love with her. And there's a it's a mama giraffe. It's who's a mama have giraffe. Yeah, and anytime now. It's in upstate New York, and she's having she's having a I guess they call it a calf. I'm pretty sure they call it a calf. Um, but she's 15, and this is her fourth calf. And you know they're they're helping the species along and everything else and it's been too cold for them to go outside so they're kind of in their in their pins and confined and stuff like that to where the camera is and and like like I said right now it's it's imminent it it could happen at any moment so I've been glued to my computer anytime there's a down moment or I'll, I'll have the live stream of YouTube on my phone and everybody in the house thinks I'm insane but I have to say Raina was almost on my side last night she was like I was like look Raina look that look you can kind of see the baby move and you can oh look she's doing this and she you know um she almost got hooked and then she had a had a moment of sanity and was like mom no this is this is dumb um but but anyway I um I still don't know. She still hasn't had her baby, and I'm just anxiously awaiting. But I am an animal lover anyway, so I don't know. You remember Meerkat Manor when that was on? Man, I loved that show. And <laughs> and also the um the show at the Orangutan Island. The Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was mean. <laughs> Sorry. That was an inside I thought. I don't know if it was more mean for you to say it or for me to laugh at it. No, that was mean. No, but remember the show about... <laughs> <laughs> you remember the show about the orangutans? That was a good show too. So I, you know, this is not all that strange for me. Mm. Um, but it is, uh, It's I think it's strange for most people. Do you I need don't a know. minute? <laughs> I do. I might need a minute. I'm tearing up. Whew. Okay. I'm glad I went with that because I had like a welcome to Jurassic Park joke ready to go. Oh, that's a dad but, joke. Yeah, that so that would have that would have okay. survived. See, that's better because I my joke actually took the laugh out of you, so that's good. As we dig in, I, there's something that came up for me. Something that you said we were talking the other day, and you said what happens when you get what you want. You know what happens when. When after happily ever after, you know, these kinds of moments, what happens? Well, yeah, nobody talks about that. You know, we're all working towards a goal, right? Mm -hmm. Most people are. Most people are. And the more you work and the more you toil, you know, the better it is. And, and, but nobody ever talks about getting the brass ring or more than that. Nobody ever talks about what happens after you grab the brass ring. What is life look like after that? You know, what it reminded me of is a um, long, long time ago when I was, I was running and I was trying to lose a little bit of weight and everything and it was taking a little bit longer because I think it just does when you're older. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know the science behind it, but it just does. And I spent months dieting, months running, exercising, paying attention to everything that was going into my mouth and everything. And I got to my goal. Mm -hmm. I met it. I was like, yeah, I was at my fighting weight. I was like, this is awesome. And then I didn't know what to do after that. It's well, like, it's kind of a now what, what moment, right? Exactly. Well, it was like, okay, what can I eat now? Because I didn't think about, you know, just being a regular person because it was just like, it was so regimented about this is what I can eat. This is my diet. This is my goal. You know, and I really honestly didn't think about where I was going to, what I was going to do after. And I think it's, I think that's pretty normal, actually. Well, that we live in a finish line culture. You know, you're supposed to get to that thing, that, that stopping point where you get to quit. And if that's Calvinism and the idea that you earn your place in heaven, if it's, you know, material culture where you're supposed to get to some finish line that involves some undisclosed amount of money in the bank, Whatever it is, there's this idea that you're supposed to get to a finish line. And obviously that's artificial because just like watching the sunset, it's going to rise again. You know, there's there's a cycle to real life. Finish lines are artificial. They're, they're human made. And so if you're that way, it becomes a real challenge knowing what to do with yourself. And in fact, it's such a challenge that, that, that when we talk about, you know what, you're entitled to your healing, let's say. You're allowed to get over whatever health challenge that you're working on. Nobody needs you to suffer. God sure doesn't. The ministry of Jesus Christ was about overcoming that. You're allowed to get better. But there are so many people who are so afraid of that that Willy Wonka moment, you know, you know what happened to the guy who got everything he wanted, you know, or whatever that quote is. There are so many people who are actually a little bit afraid of what will that mean because 
I'm defined by my struggle, by my sickness, let's say. And if I lose that, then I don't know who I am. And so there's a self-sabotage that happens where it's like, I don't really want to go all the way with the healing. I don't really want to go all the way with the, the demonstration, the miracle, the growth, the happily ever after, because what happens after that? Well, I also think that it's a matter of, and I'm again, I'm going back to my own personal experience here. I think it was just a matter of, I was focusing so much on where I was going, what I wanted, that the aftermath never really occurred to me. And I think there was a part of me that said, be present now. You know, be in the moment, be present, do a little bit every single day, and eventually you'll get to your goal. And it happened. But then it was just like, okay, now what? Now what do I focus on? And so, you know, and I, I, I think you work it out and, and you deal with it. I think it's human nature to sort of refocus and find something else that, that you can do. But nobody talks about the happy part of that goal and accomplishing that. I don't think we ever hear about that. I mean, I think we see it in movies and I think we're told that we're supposed to be overjoyed. But you know what? Here's another example. When you're, you get proposed to and yay and it's every, you, you're engaged and you love each other and then your whole focus is the actual wedding ceremony. Okay. And you're picking your dress and you're picking the flowers and you're doing this and you're asking people and your guests and you're so focused on everything and where you're going to go for the honeymoon and everything else. Then you get done with the ceremony and you get done with the honeymoon and then you get home. And nobody talks about what you're supposed to focus on after that. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about what, what happens the first year of marriage. They don't make movies about that. No, of course not. Every movie ends with the happy ending wedding ceremony or the equivalent of the bad guys got beaten and you know whatever. There's, there's that end. And like I said ending is artificial you're supposed to keep on going but we are so unprepared for that that's why you know the cover of every magazine in the checkout aisle of the grocery store is here's how to get your significant other to keep trying you know wear this cook this do this say this that idea of we don't know how to keep going because you exert all of your energy trying to get to this imaginary finish line which is completely human constructed and so there's really two problems that go on. One of the problems is what do you do once you get to the that finish line when you achieve the whatever it is? How do you keep your stamina? Mm -hmm. How do you keep trying? But the other problem is related to it in that there are, there are people who are so afraid of that that they don't even start. And there are, what I mean by that is there are people who say, I want to make sure that everything is just right before I get going. You know, there's even a quote. I can't remember if it's Daniel Boone or uh, Davy Crockett. Crockett. It's the make sure you're right and then go ahead. It was someone in an interesting hat, a frontiersy type in an interesting <laughs> hat said, make sure you're right and then go ahead. And the thing is, you're never going to know that because your right doesn't come from you. The universe is right. God's right already. You've just got to make sure you're on the right team, so to speak, that you, you've got an idea. Just start. There's, there's something really important about the courage to just begin. 
you are never going to know the whole journey because the whole journey never never finishes. But there are some people that say, I will start this business once I am convinced of a reasonable rate of return. It's like, well, that's not how business works. That's not how life works. There is a leap of faith involved. And so there's two questions. Okay, first of all, just start. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And this is really, really important. If you're listening to this, whatever you're thinking about, just start. You're waiting for a sign. I'm here to tell you the sign comes after you start. You might get some validation. Be on the lookout for the universe telling you you're headed in the right direction. But that will not happen until you put yourself out there. And if you really think back at your life, if you really think back at at how things worked, you put yourself out there in some way and then the universe had a way of telling you that was a good thing or that was a bad thing. There's something going on in my life right now where it's time to move to a different frame of mind, a different way of doing something to move away from certain things. The universe has let me know. I, I did some stuff to move in that direction. The universe is like, see, these people over here are not interested in what you have to say. Isn't it good that you started moving away? That kind of stuff happens, positive or negative. The signs are out there, but you must begin. So that's part of it. Just start. You want a sign? You're the sign. You're going to get more definite after you get moving. But the second part is how do you keep moving? Well, like I said, I think that your goal has to be a little bit fluid. Mm -hmm. I think you really do have to go with the flow. Sure. I think it changes. I think you can't be stubborn about where your good is coming from or how it's coming to you. I think that you have an idea, you move on that idea, and then you let the universe sort of dictate the direction that you're supposed to go. And if you're if you get really good at recognizing the signs, you'll get there quicker. But I think you'll get there even if you're not good at recognizing the signs because it's, you know, you'll be bumped back into the direction that you're supposed to be going no matter what. It may take you a little bit longer to get to where you think you ought to be going. Um, And I think sometimes it ends up being in a completely different place. We were watching the extra scenes on... um, Fantastic Beasts. We we bought the Blu-ray and we were watching it as a family last night. We were kind of watching the extra scenes. And there was a guy who was the lead puppeteer or he was designing for all of the animals in the movie and everything like that. And he studied anthropology and zoology in college. And you know he didn't start out thinking that he was going to be a puppeteer on a Harry Potter movie. Exactly. You know, and so what he thought that he was supposed to be doing or what he was interested in in college took him to a place that probably he couldn't even fathom when he was young. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's, you know, Steve Martin, the comedian who's a hero of mine, started doing magic tricks at the, at the magic store at Disneyland. And he just did that because he liked it. And But it ended up that that became part of his stand-up, even though that's not comedy, you know, that sort of thing. You have no idea where you're going to go. I have a degree in theology. But in my day job, I work on computers. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm that guy. But being able to talk to people and think about bigger things has helped me in my career because I work with a lot of people who don't have people skills at all, for example. But on the other hand, knowing about computer stuff has helped me. You know, UnitySociety.com helped me do these things that in the olden days would have required a big team. And this organization is you and me. 
Right. You know, and so everything will feed you if you get your ego out of the way. And so I would say it's not make sure you're right and then go ahead because it has nothing to do with your concept of right. I would say make sure you're open and then go ahead. Stay open. God's got a better idea. Just find it and stop stopping. You know, that's the thing. This is the, the concept of of permanent growth. And I got to tell you, it makes me think of one of my favorite movies, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. It is a perfectly ridiculous movie, and I adore it. You should watch this movie. It is such a silly action movie with, with people who don't know how to fight, pretending that they know how to fight, and just the whole thing. It's awesome. But the, the karate master guy says to the protagonist at one point, he says, perfection is not a destination, it's a road. Perfection is not a destination, it's a road. Stop looking for a place where you can stop. Because if you're doing something good, you wouldn't want to stop anyway. That's a sure sign that you're on the wrong track, by the way. If you're doing something and all you want to do is quit doing it. Right, it doesn't make any sense. But I also think it sort of squashes the myth of wasted time. Mm. I don't think that there's any time that you're really wasting. I don't think it's possible to waste time. I really don't. Unless you sit completely still in a in a closed off room with zero stimulation, I think that we are built to learn. I think that we are designed to do that. And I think the birds outside the window will stimulate you for a thought. I think there is zero wasted time. And uh, everything that you do and everything that you think about moves you forward. Yeah. Whether you want it to or, or not. Or like it or not. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. God is done. You are in process. We talk about this all of the time. But one way or another, the universe will pull you forward. You're going to learn the easy way or the hard way. And whatever happened or didn't happen in the case of sitting still, Whatever happened or didn't happen is what it took for you to get off your butt and move forward. Sooner or later, because you were built for action, you just were. Sooner or later, you will get up and you will go. The trick is, once again, make sure you're open and then go ahead. Yeah, I think that just giving ourselves permission to stop worrying about how soon we get to our goal, stop worrying about how we're going to get to our goal, and just, like you said, just start and just maybe be a little bit more gentle with ourselves with that process. Did you do something good today? Did you do something that, did you read something? Did you see something? Did you write something? Did you smile at somebody? And I think it can be as simple as that. And if you can put your head on the pillow and say, yes, I moved forward a little bit or a great big leap, you are making progress and that's okay. Time is a human construct. Yeah. There, you know, God we, is not concerned exactly, about this. Yeah. Exactly. Are you a child of God or not? You know, And let's, let's just take it easy a little bit, I think. And let's modify our goals. Let our goals not be a place where we get to and stop, but rather let the goal be something a little bit more process-oriented. Can you be the light in whatever situation? That's your goal. Can you be the salt? You know that the Bible says salt and light. Salt has a nasty habit of dissolving. Mm -hmm. Can you let yourself go? Mm -hmm. Because it's never been about you. It's about being something, uh, a channel for something bigger. 
All right, it's time for our Listen Up segment, and the Listen Up segment is when people write us in questions or call us or do whatever. There's a million ways to get a hold of us, and I'd love for you to do that. But anyway, the question that came in this time around came from Simon D. Thank you, Simon. And uh, the question is, I love this, Simon says, Simon says. (laughs) (laughs) Did you do that on purpose? I did not. uh, (laughs) Simon says, you guys have talked about pet peeves a few times on your show. What are some of your pet peeves right now? Do you want to go first or should I go first? You ladies first. Ah, all right. I think in this moment, I think one of my biggest pet peeves is the thought, well, not the thought, but acting. Well, no, not even acting. <laughs> Hang on. Let me let me rephrase this a little bit. The business of trading busyness. And let me and let me be a little bit more clear. Coming up against somebody that is like, well, this is what I did and I did this and I did this and, and I've done 40 million things and oh, I'm so tired and I'm so exhausted and I don't know what I'm going to do and I need a glass of wine and blah, 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 blah and all of this and wearing, it, wearing that busyness like a badge of honor. The business of busyness. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Of course it does. Of that, course it does. But right now that's what it is and, and let me tell you why. Because I think that we are wearing ourselves out. And I don't like the way that it feels when I have a nonstop day. I, I really dislike that feeling. Now, let me be clear. I do not mind work. I love work. I love projects. I love things to do. I, you know, we have another book to write. We have services that we do. We have other radio shows that we're on. We do this podcast. There's a, there's a lot of things that oh, we man, do. Man. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that we do. But I think that if you don't do them with joy and they become the albatross around your neck mm-hmm. and then you're celebrating that pain and suffering, right now that's a huge pet peeve for me. So, well, and that's, that's Calvinism. It's the idea that you, you earn your place. And so that got transmuted somewhere along the way into I have to show you how miserable I am so that I can demonstrate my worth. Yeah. And but the thing is really that comes from a place of not feeling worthy. The idea of I'm not so good. So let me tell you about the not so good things that are going on in my life so that you will be impressed by my ability to suffer. The thing that we always say is that a full to-do list is not the same thing as a full life. Well, I want a life where I can take a nap. I am a nap junkie. I love <laughs> sleep. It is my drug of choice. I have always been a sleeper. Um, it has gotten me through feeling sick. Um, when I get a cold, if I can go to sleep, I get over it so much more quickly. It is just something that in my life I want more of. Mm-hmm. I want that ability to do that. And so there is zero shame in my game. Yeah, but you know when, that when if there is a if you told a room full of people, hey, I took a nap, they would look at you like you were crazy. Well, that is not a room that I want to be in. Yeah, but. <laughs> And it's not the kind of life that I want. I want where we start to celebrate, you know what? I took a minute for myself and I put my feet up. And it doesn't have to be long. It's a half hour. You mean to tell me you can't find a half hour to go for a walk? You can't find a half hour to close your eyes and and lay your head down or a half hour to meditate? If that is not possible for you, 
something I, I would say for me, you know, I would need to rework some things. Now, no judgment here. If that is not where you're at, if you love being busy, that's awesome. And if you're joyful where you are just busy 24-7, that is awesome. And you come at me and you're just so happy about everything yeah, that you're but doing. That's, the that's thing. different. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that come at you with their horror stories about what they're doing and how they hate this and how they're giving all their attention to the person that they don't want to give it to and this and that. And let me also clarify a little bit more. The pet peeve really isn't about if you're having legitimate struggles. If you are going through something in your life that is really tough, that's not what I'm talking about. Coming to people and 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 talking it through with other people to get you through that rough patch, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about trading your suffering like like business cards, you know, like or like trading cards where it's just like, oh, well, you know, and you're trying to one-up about you're a better person because you're the busier or you're the better person because you're suffering more or whatever. That's a huge pet peeve of mine. Well, and and I, I just tell. And so I just, when that whenever that happens... I don't really say anything because my mama taught me right. You just, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, you don't say anything at all. And then I usually will say something like, well, you know, I had a pedicure today and then I took a nap. You know, and, and that whether or not, and sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not true. Sometimes I do fib and be like, oh, well, I just had a delightful day. You know, because I think it throws them and, you know, no matter what they judge me, I think it shows people you can do this a different way. Well, and the thing is, we work our tails off all of the time. But, and the thing is, there's always stuff to overcome. We just got done talking about how perfection is a destination. I mean, it's not a destination, it's a road. The idea is there's always going to be stuff to do. Like we always say, this life is not about problem avoidance. It's about problem solving. Our goal is not to have a situation where nothing is happening. Our goal is to have a situation where there's always growth and overcoming. So, yeah, it's great to have a story of victories. But I think what you're talking about, the pet peeve is not that people are talking about all of these wonderful overcoming opportunities. They're like, you know, look at how much rottenness I live with. Look at this sea of garbage that I swim around in. Isn't that great? And the answer is no, it's not great. Let's get you out of there and into a struggle that's worthwhile, you know, into a, a yeah, let's, let's fight for something, but let's fight for something instead of against something. You know what I mean? There's, there's a real difference there. Absolutely. There's a difference when you lay your head on a pillow at night after a good day's work and that satisfaction yeah. compared to being completely and totally shredded like that uh quote from the hobbit where he said i felt like butter spread over, spread too, over too much bread, much bread. Yeah. and that's such a beautiful imagery of of what i'm talking and about. everybody knows that feeling but the thing is if you're doing this right problems get solved if you are the kind of person who really likes to stay in the unsolved problem it may be that you need to change your mind about some things and or change the way you do some things because the goal is not a perpetuation of suffering. Mm. Okay, so what's your pet peeve? My pet peeve is the myth of reluctance. And here's what I mean by that. I, I was talking the other day, I was teaching a class about the history of unity and how 
Myrtle Fillmore got her healing and other people wanted to know what that was about and they got their healings too and pretty soon they started a magazine and they started a religious movement and they started a church and all of this stuff. And it's a great story. But somebody in the group said, oh, and they didn't really mean to start a religion. And I kind of pounced a little bit because that myth drives me crazy. Mm. The idea that, oh, well, they didn't really, it was reluctant. They reluctantly started a movement. How do you back into that? Yeah, oops, I accidentally started a church. That is, that, that is the, the when most you really insane think about thing it, yeah. I've ever heard when in you, my life. When you think about it, it's kind of a nutty thing to say. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we know from starting a storefront church, from doing the stuff that we're doing, from living this life, that it is work. You have to mean it. And the thing is, God isn't accidental any more, any more than we are. I love that quote from Walden, the sun rose on purpose. You know, this is a life of purpose. We don't do anything uh, reluctantly or accidentally. You can't wander into starting a religious movement. It takes everything you have. And so the reason that that gets under my skin is it leads to the idea that you're not supposed to do anything. You're supposed to just float around. And what I, what I always say is we need bulldog believers. You've got to hold on to this and do something about it and move forward with these things in peace on purpose. No more of this idea that, that there isn't stuff to do. There's lots of stuff to do. And you know what? Jesus wasn't wandering around. You know, there's deliberation. There's purpose there. There's, there's movement that happens through conscious decision. God is on purpose. Be on purpose. Somewhere somebody got the idea that being spiritual meant not wanting to do anything. And I think that that is destructive. When your heroes are people who live behind some kind of monastery wall and some kind of cloistered experience who never go out into the world and never do anything, that's only part of it. It's okay to have your wilderness phase, but heroes come back. Heroes help. Heroes do things. Be a hero. Go out and do something in the world. Because man, oh man, turn on the TV. There's stuff to do. Watch the news. There's stuff to do. No more of this spirituality is just floating around. This is not Forrest Gump. Just drop by our house. We will have something for you to do. No question. And you're going to love doing it. Yeah. I I love, there's a story. Um, Mary Powell, who was a unity minister who uh, started Unity Church of Clearwater, where you and I met. Mm-hmm. And uh, she studied with Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. Yeah, she was, at, she was one of the ministers at Raina's christening. Yeah. Oh, man. Boy, I sure love her. But anyway, she told me a story one time of when she went to see the Fillmores. And it was back before it was Unity Village, it was Unity Farm. And we've told the story about the chickens. You know the story about Unity Farm. But anyway, she went there and she, oh, Mr. Fillmore, it's so nice to meet you and... and He's like, I'm glad you're here. We got somebody. We need somebody to churn some butter. You know, it's like, let's. We got work to do. It's great that you're here, but we're not here to just sit and talk and and just think about spirituality. We're here to work. Take your spirituality and put it into action. And you know, I got to tell you, there are ministers out there whose whole thing is, let me get up on the stage and you can watch how ecstatic I am about my spiritual experience. And isn't it great that there's this this cosmic presence and they talk about energy and stuff like that and they just sort of look at how magnificent it is and it's like yes it is magnificent now what are you going to do about it 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's not enough. We're not here to adore you. Remember, like we've said in the past, lights aren't for looking at. Right. Being the light means illuminating your world. That's what light bulbs are for. So go be the light by doing something. So I think our pet peeves are actually very similar. Quit complaining and get on purpose about this kind of stuff. We're always on the same page. I hope that answers your question, Simon. Once again, thank you so much for everybody that sends in questions. We will get to your questions, I promise. There's um, a lot of them. I'm, I'm so delighted by all of the ones that have come in. Thanks, and, but keep them coming. Yes, please. Yes, please. And there's all kinds of ways to, to get in touch with us. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but do that. All right, it's time to check it out. So what are we doing, Dieter? What have we been up to? Oh, man, what aren't we doing? Okay, this weekend, so that's uh, uh, April 7th through the 9th, we have our, our spring gathering. It's going to be so much yeah. fun. I'm packing the bins for it. I'm getting the swag we bags the ready. T-shirts. The t-shirts came in. The buttons came in. The lanyards came in. It's such a really, really positive experience, and I look forward to them every time we do them. So, yeah, we, and... Look on unitysociety.com uh, for pictures uh, pr- next week. In like a week, yeah. week and a half. There'll be tons of pictures up of and what we'll we're doing And we'll put some on the Unity Society Facebook page. Yeah, well. That's yeah. That's where a lot yeah. of that stuff ends up living. Facebook and a little bit on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And then we have um, Easter sunrise service at North Straub Park in St. Petersburg. That's going to be happening on April 16th at 6.30 a.m., Real early, but, you know, you can come out, get a cup of coffee, get some breakfast afterwards, watch the sunrise with us, and just celebrate Easter and new beginnings. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited about getting to do that. Yeah, so come out and say, place yeah, come out and say hi to us. And then a couple weeks after that. The week after that. Is it the week after yeah. that? Okay, the week after that, we are at Unity of Sarasota. So we'll be doing. April 23rd. Yes, we'll be doing our branching in talk there we'll be at a book signing after the service all that good stuff so if you're in the sarasota you know area come again come by see us we'll sign your book we'll give you a hug and Um, unity sarasota is such a cool church it's a beautiful building but just such a fun congregation everybody's so sweet there and the music is lovely and it's just a really good bookstore too for some churches the bookstore is kind of like a little little side place in a hallway because that's just how the building is or whatever but Unity Sarasota has a very well thought out bookstore. It's just gorgeous in there. It's a place that I would want to hang out even if our book wasn't in it. Yeah. But it's it's a neat place. So once again, Unity Sarasota, and I'm quite sure that after we do the uh, book signing, I think we're going to end up at Perk Coffee in Sarasota, which is one. It's of, a good coffee place. Yeah. It yeah. really is. It's, I mean, it's, it's not Kawa Coffee, the finest coffee on earth in the finest no, city. No, but it's it's but it good. Is a it's very. Good. It's worth making a pilgrimage. It uh, is to, for sure. And then um, starting in May, May the 2nd, uh, that's a Tuesday night, I'm going to be starting a uh, Bible class. It's going to be every Tuesday. At 7 p.m. 7 p.m. to 8.30-ish. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be talking about how Unity reads the Bible, how to use it to make a difference in your life, the whole thing. It's just, you know me, I'm a Bible person. I'm really excited about teaching. It's a seven-week class. You can find the details. on. We'll put them on Unity Society. But you can also find it. It's going to be at First Unity. I don't know if we said that. Go to firstunity.org and you can get the information there. And then Dieter will be doing the service by himself at First Unity May 21st. So go and come by, see him speak. It's always 
it's always pretty awesome. Yeah. You can always find us on our Facebook, on our Instagram, or at Twitter, and it's at the Unity Society. That's the handle for all of them. Mm-hmm. You can come visit me at my Instagram account at Jenny A. Randolph. And on Instagram, I'm Dieter underscore Randolph. And also, Unity Society's Instagram is great because of all the great pictures that we post and that people have sent to us and stuff like that. But I also want to remind you that every month we do a new family focus. And there's a new family focus on Instagram. We just put it up. And uh, every month we put out a new one. And it's just a little picture that a lot of people make it the wallpaper for their phone. And it's just that affirmation. That's what I do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And we take that affirmation together all over the place. Wherever you are, there's other people who are fans of what we do that are holding that prayer thought with you at 8 o'clock in the morning and 8 o'clock in the evening. So check out that family focus. So, Dieter, let's wrap it up. (laughs) Okay. There's no accidents in the universe. There just aren't. There's no room. If there was an accident in the universe, it would mean that there there was not just God happening, you know? And we don't have time for that. Everything that happens is an expression of the divine. Everything. And when you start to really know that, boy, oh boy, you open your, your heart, your life for miracles. But that means, too, that you're not an accident. Wherever you go, you are required. There is something that you are there to do. So stop stopping. Find something for you to do right now. It's okay to have a full schedule as long as you remember that the schedule isn't the point. It's, it's, the full schedule isn't the same thing as a full life. The point is victories, overcoming. Don't go looking for trouble. Go looking for growth. Don't go looking for hardship so that you've got something to tell your friends so you can earn your spot in the social group. Be the kind of person who's got a story of victory to tell. And if that seems daunting to you, I want you to remember that waking up this morning was a victory. A good parking space is a victory. Getting what you ordered at the fast food place is a victory, isn't it? So find something to celebrate and it will help you because you build your capacity to see these things. Find things to celebrate. Find things to be victorious about. And never, ever for a moment forget that you have a role to play in this amazing dance. There's no reluctance here. There's no accident here. Be at peace. Because the sun's going to rise or set without your say-so. But be on purpose. Because you are part of the deliberate workings of the universe. And I'm so glad that you are. There's something for you to do when the world is waiting eagerly for you to do it. The Unity Society podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. Right here on this orange couch. And our sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She's half of the music you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is supported solely by you. And you know what that means. It means that it's on you to spread the word. Go tell somebody about this. There's a million ways you can send a link to this podcast, to tell somebody about unitysociety.com, to share that family-focused picture, that that affirmation, to do something to spread the word about the, the things that are going on. There's so many exciting things happening all the time, and each and everything we do is infinitely shareable. 
Tell somebody about it. That's part of the way you can support what we're doing. The other way you can support what we're doing is take a moment right now. However, you're, well, if you're driving, don't. But, but otherwise, take a moment. And however you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee you there is a way to write a review. If you're on iTunes, for example, or whatever it is, I'm asking for you to write a five-star review. All you got to do is click that box and, and give it five stars because five stars is the magic thing that makes iTunes, for example, start promoting the podcast. It's really important. Same thing. Go to, go to Amazon.com. I know you've bought a copy of Branching In, The Journey from Alone to All One, available at a store near you. I know if you're the kind of person who's listening to this, you've bought a copy of the book, go write us a good review. Reviews make this whole thing happen, so thanks for doing it. A lot of people have, and we're just so grateful. Keep it up, because it makes all the difference in the world. Thanks for listening, and have an amazing, purposeful week.